welcome, welcome, Real Stories Podcast listeners, to another great edition of Real Stories with Graham and Brian. Yes. Uh, today, Brian and I uh, have a great interview for you guys that we did with Constantine uh, Keenan Solikoff, um, a doctor from Upper Sandusky for over 50 years, uh, early 50s. I think he started in 52 and uh, went all the way until uh, the early 2000s. Early 2000s, yep. Man, and saw just tons of advances in the medical field, lived a cool, adventurous life, has has a nice love story, uh, as we always like to have. And is a comedian, an actual comedian. That was... A gigging comedian. Yep, the thing that I, I did remember hearing that at one point because I remember that he had done the hospital mm-hmm. fundraiser but I thought that was a one-time thing I thought he did that just for that one time but turns out when he was in college he had a comedy troupe basically. I had, I had no idea that he really his heart was in comedy not necessarily medicine um, <laughs> dur- during this interview the one time where he had a, a feeling that he had missed out on something mm. was uh his story uh, in Miami of the night uh, of the comedy night when they were, but we'll get to that. We'll get to yeah, it. You'll yeah, get to we'll it. get to it. Uh, but yeah, uh, Doc Solikoff is is cool dude, and this is you know getting towards the end of our season. I think he he's a good you know kind of. It's night. a good way to wrap up. Not not quite wrap up the season, but at least uh, kind of bring everything into focus. So yeah, that we can we can see what this is really about. Yeah, and and what Graham and I really want to do is give you the great story. And this is a fantastic story. It is. It's so good. Uh, he, you know, just, uh, you know, KK's 92 years old. To, you know, when yeah. he did this interview, he's 92 years old and sharp as a tack. Certainly. I mean, it was cool how much stuff. A couple times he sort of apologized for not being able to remember something <laughs> that, that happened 80 years ago. And I'm like, dude, I don't remember, you know. Six weeks ago. Six weeks ago, yeah. <laughs> And he he just kept going. He had a lot of good, just good stuff, good information. And listen, if you're if you're listening out there, and you ever were in a waiting room sick, and Doc Solikoff came in, you understand that this is a, a gregarious kind of personality and is a larger than life man to begin with, who is just as kind as anybody that you can imagine. He is, and and that's the kind of interview that you're about to hear. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you said he's he means probably six four. He's an imposing man six, when he five, walks in the door. Big, tall, yeah. skinny guy, yeah. but a, a grin ear to ear, and just a just a fantastic human being. His his wife Doris Dory uh, met us at the door when we yep. when we got to their house. This actually, I should mention, this was our first on oh. the road. Uh, we we took this podcast to the Solikoffs' house. Yep, uh, they they have a great little house here in Upper Sandusky, and. We went there. Lovely home. You'll notice the sounds a little different than it normally is because we weren't in the studio. Yeah, um, no soundproofing and you know some air conditioners running in the background. But we, this is real. This is real sound. This is the real story. This is the real story told by the man himself, KK Solokov. I think what Brian is trying to say is, this is a real story. This is a real story. That's yeah. right. Yep. Uh, yeah. Hey, the, um, I hope you guys have gotten to our website. You know, I, I saw Brian. You changed your picture on there. I did You're change my picture. Updating stuff on me. I didn't you know, know we I, were supposed to be updating I, things. I got less handsome, so I figured I would represent that. Yeah, you so, have to accurately. Yeah, I, no, I think you're I don't want to lead. I don't want to lead on the ladies. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, but we do have the we do have the website. We appreciate everybody. I'll tell you, what, if if you've told me that you enjoy listening to the show and 
uh, think like, oh, I hope I didn't bug them. You're not bugging us. I love no. yeah. when I'm at the grocery and somebody tells me that they heard the show. It's the strangest thing when you're standing somewhere and they look at you and, and say, oh, I heard the show the other day and I have to stop and think to myself, huh? What, what are you talking about? And then I realize, oh, these people listen to our podcast. Yeah, Thank cool. you. This is great. Yeah. We hope that we're doing uh, our our community uh, service because that's all we're trying to do. Yeah. Yep. And it's been fun. Uh, we have uh, at least one more that we're going to do for this season and then we'll take a little break and we'll be back in the fall. Uh, but keep listening. Uh, th- so this, this today is the real story of KK Solikoff. Hope you guys enjoy. Okay. Hey, everybody out there. Welcome to uh, another episode of Real Stories. We are here today at the lovely home of Dr. Konstantin Solikoff. This this is the first time the Real Stories podcast has been on the road. Yep, this is Real Stories on the road. So, uh, so Dr. Solikoff, thanks for letting us come over. Yeah, you're certainly more than welcome. Yeah. Uh, so we thought we'd kind of just talk about your story. Um, you know, we, we've been doing this and trying to just the people we respect and know how to live kind of cool lives. And you're, you're a yep. doctor for... How long in Upper Sandusky? 50 years. Yeah, 50, 50 years. years. <laughs> so uh, the, the things you've seen, I, I doubt Brian and I can even comprehend at this point. But. And, and that's, <laughs> that's just the beginning of your, your story. Because yeah. uh, you, you've been famous adjacent that for your entire life, right? Well, with, uh, off and on. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, all right, well, let's go back to the beginning. So you're... Your mom and dad migrated here from Macedonia? Yes. Uh, actually, it's, uh, the, uh, it's in, in uh, northern Greece, which is a, carry, uh, a part of Greece that is called Macedonia. But they were actually Greek. Greek, yep, okay. But they spoke Macedonian. Oh, okay. Is that how that works? Yeah. I mean, I know Macedonia at one time was like an empire. You know, yes. Alexander the Great. And yes. that, when I think of Macedonia, that's what I think of. Uh, but so it's like a state. It's a basically a state or province yes. in Greece. Yeah. To look up if yes. they call them provinces or. Yeah. Or it, it's what. a it's an independent country, right? No. Uh, at the t- at, at that time, it is now. But it is now. At that okay. time, it was part of Greece. Okay. Okay. So they're Greek. They're they, actually Greek. My my father only spoke Macedonian. Okay. But my mother spoke both Greek and Macedonian. Okay. Okay. Now, when they moved here, did they... Well, it wasn't quite like that. When, <laughs> uh, my uh, dad, when he was 16, they moved to Indianapolis. Okay. And he, shortly after that, he got a little bit older, probably in his 18, 19 years old, and became a wrestler. Okay. And, Hold on. And, <laughs> like a, a professional wrestler, like a yeah. Well, back wrestler? then it wasn't the fake wrestlers. Right, they right. were the real wrestlers, like in college, that yeah. type of thing. Yep. And he wrestled for quite a while. In fact, he even uh, joined the circus, and he would uh, wrestle. They, they would go into a certain area, and they would say, uh, "Anyone can stay with." Uh, uh, and his stage name was Mike Doney. Uh, and who, anybody can stay three rounds with Mike Doney can get five dollars or something like that. <laughs> Which was, uh, and and people in that area would 
try and wrestle and try to beat him. Yeah. I don't know how, how many times he won or how many times he won, but uh, he, that's what he wrestled for quite a while. And then by the time he was 30, his dad says, well, you've been messing around long enough. I think it's time for you to get married <laughs> to some nice girl. <laughs> and he said, I don't know any nice girls. <laughs> and so his, his father says, well, I know somebody in Greece that has uh, five daughters. I think they're willing to give up one of them. <laughs> so he contacted would be my grandfather. Yeah. And he says, yes, I'll give you my uh, second oldest. And it was an arranged marriage. And they went over and, and got engaged. Okay, got went back to Greece. Back to Greece. For that, okay. Yeah. And this was in 1928. And, okay. And then they moved uh, to uh, uh, Indianapolis. Okay. A year later, I was born in 1929. Okay. How did they decide on Indianapolis? Was there a draw? Well, there for uh, my uh, grandfather had a, uh, a tavern there. Oh, okay. And so that's uh, that's how he uh, uh, they happened to move there. And okay. So yeah. My father would be working there too. Mm -hmm. And so <clears throat> then, um, shortly after that, that was the uh, depression. Yeah. Yeah. And we had to move from a nice house to a double house. And uh, we were in a depression area the whole time. In fact, my father had to go in. They didn't have welfare, but they had relief back there so yeah. they could feed us. And shortly after that, he worked on the uh, WPA. Oh. And he would dig ditches, okay. and, and then he moved up to be able to drive a truck. And uh, we had a cousin in Busaris, and they says, there's a tavern that opened up there. I think we can buy it. And how about you coming in, we'll buy that, and we'll work together as partners. And that's how we got to Upper. Okay. And he was uh, working here, uh, well, when I was in the seventh grade, he died. Your, your father. My father died, yeah. and, and it left my mother alone to run the place. And then she ran it until I was a senior in high school, and it was a week before I was to graduate. And we lived upstairs above the tavern. It, is this in Bucyrus? No, no, this is in Upper. In Upper. Was yeah. it called the Bloody Bucket? Well... <laughs> That was the name that we hated. We called it Mike's Place. Okay. After he died, it was in his Virginia's place. Okay. That right. does sound better than the, the bloody, bloody bucket. Yeah. I read that yeah. and I'm like, wow, yeah. what a name. Yeah, <laughs> and I hated that name. We all hated it. Where was that? And I don't know how it Where got there. Where was that in town? Where the, right next to the... Uh, uh, auto store is where they Napa. sell auto Next store. to Napa. Okay. Napa, yeah. Okay. I knew it was on that block. Yeah, so, okay. The, the blank space on, the, on Napa. And so... Uh, so it's the week before graduation? From high school. And then... Did it burn down? Big pardon? Did the, did the bar burn down? Yeah, the bar, the... the uh, our... Uh, uh, your house? apartment above it. Yeah. Everything burnt right down. Yeah. yeah. I, I found a story on somebody had said oh. uh, that that they remember that happening and 
they they had there was somebody recalled they saw people bring furniture outside. Well, it was interesting because it was at uh, it was right at noon, and the kids uh, there's a fire, so everybody goes to the fire, and we said, let's try to get as much of the furniture out, and so they had a, a fireman's type thing. They went up before it got uh, completely burned, and they brought out as much furniture as they could. And I understand they even brought out the bar. <laughs> really? <laughs> and that bar now is at Boxcar. Oh. If you go in oh, the Boxcar, really? that's where the original bar was. Oh, that's cool. And, that is cool. <laughs> and we had to store the furniture in different barns, uh, Fred Fleeman, uh, a farm out there, we stored there, and there was a another place that uh, let us store some of the furniture. Yeah. And then, uh, that was probably my second year in college, uh, my mother got remarried, and she moved to Springfield, Ohio, with my sister. Okay. My sister was uh, five years old when my dad died and she doesn't remember anything i'm surprised she doesn't remember anything about him really yeah, yeah. old remember olga olga yeah yep. her name is olga and then uh it looked like it was going to be tough to go to med medical school college but back then college wasn't uh and medical school wasn't that uh, expensive to be honest yeah. with you did you know then that's what you wanted to do oh i knew that from the time i was little anyway uh College was uh, only uh, $15 a quarter. No way. Yeah. <laughs> but I usually had to pay 25 because uh, I had a lab, and they charged extra for lab. Ten bucks for the lab. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, you, so went, you went to Ohio State. Ohio State. Yep. From 1947 until I graduated from medical school in 1956. Okay. But... Uh, uh, in, in, in college, I worked usually two jobs. I had a job at the high school, uh, one of the high schools that was on the campus, first washing dishes, then waiter. And then I, I also did, I was a waiter at one of the restaurants there in Columbus. Okay. And I did that all the way through college, and then I did that uh, also the first two years of medical school. Uh, because we still had that hour off, but I didn't work the the, the restaurant. I still worked at the, the high school. Uh, so uh, I, I was interested in Ohio State too, in just the late you know late forties, mid forties. How was that? How's that campus changed? Is your did all did Catherine and did David go to Ohio State? Yes. So, okay. did, so did Kathy. Yeah, okay. So you, you've been down there, and I know you've, you yeah. know, Buckeyes games and yeah. stuff like that. So how has that campus changed? Well, it was interesting. When I started, uh, and, uh, the war was just over. Yep. And the uh, uh, veterans the GI were, like, guys GIs were, were coming in, and they didn't have enough room. And on, on the campus, they had Quonset huts set oh, up. yeah. And you had uh, classes in Quonset huts and a lot of those uh, yeah. uh, courses, like English and all that. I was in one of those Quonset huts, yes. Do you remember the dorm you lived in? No, I didn't live in a dorm. I lived uh, 
uh, at a house. Okay. They didn't, they didn't, <clears throat> excuse me, they didn't have dorms then, for, except for women. Okay. Baker's Hall. Baker okay. Hall. <laughs> and, I, and then, of course, the nurses had Neil Hall. If you were one of the nursing students they had there, uh, but uh, Baker's Hall was uh, for women only. Do you remember on campus where you lived? What street? Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, at, at first, I lived for a while on Iuka. Yeah. And then, uh, uh, then I moved from there. I moved to uh, 16th Street. Uh, and the, the final place before medical school, it was on uh, Indiana Avenue. Okay. Yeah. And that's where I lived uh, uh, most of the time at Indiana Avenue. Nice. And <clears throat> then after I, I graduated and then started medical school, I was there on 10th Street uh, at the uh, AKK Alpha Kappa Kappa oh. Medical uh, Fraternity. Okay. And so I was there until I uh, graduated from medical school. And then, of course, when I was interning, I was at Mount Carmel. I wasn't too far from Iuka. I was on Frambies. Really? Uh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I was right on the end of Iuka, right there by, uh, is it Summit that uh, ends up? I think so. I, Summit I just, or Indianola. I think, or Indianola, yeah. yeah. That's that's where it was, way, way, way up the end. Okay. I had a long walk. Yeah. That's why I moved to 16. <laughs> I don't blame you. Yeah. A little yeah. closer to everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then <clears throat> my uh, sophomore year, right at the end of my sophomore year, in the beginning of junior year, I uh, worked as an uh, extern at St. Anthony's Hospital. What's an extern? It's like an intern, but you're still in medical school. Okay, okay. Yeah, and, uh, and I got a lot, a lot of experience. Oh, I, I was the only one there at the whole hospital, and when they came in, I had to do the histories and physicals and start IVs and mm -hmm. any emergency. I worked in the emergency room and assisted in surgery. Had to do lab work and all that. All and what, where, what hospital is that? St. Anthony's in Columbus. It okay. is now uh, Ohio State East. Oh, okay. Uh, that's where it is. Yeah. So would that be similar to like a physician's assistant? No. No. Uh -uh. no. Almost okay. more like what? More like maybe a physician. Like a does. physician. Yeah. Okay. 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 Like a physician. Yeah. They'd call me and they'd say, so and so needs a, a sleeping pill or. Uh, so-and-so is uh, complaining of shortening their breath, and then I'd have to go in there and yeah. diagnose and treat it. Yeah. And uh, then my senior year, at Ohio State at that time, uh, we went by quarters. Yeah. And yeah. we went three quarters on and one quarter off, and you could choose what quarter you wanted off. Mm -hmm. And I chose winter quarter because I thought I could get the job easier for externing. Yeah. And then my uh, senior year, I did a, uh, my externship at Grant Hospital in OBGYN. Okay. And I delivered, uh, uh, oh, half a dozen so babies. Really? Yeah, at that time. <laughs> and, and that's where I met Dory, my wife. Oh, okay. She graduated from uh, Grant Hospital as a nurse. But she wanted to get a degree, and so she then uh, started going to Ohio State to get the bachelor's degree. And on weekends, she worked in the emergency room at Grant from 11 o'clock, 11 p.m. to 7 a.m. Uh. 
And so one day I was not where I was supposed to be, and, <laughs> and I was at the emergency room. And, and so I uh, got to know her pretty well and asked her for a date, and she said no. I says, as every good girl as every does. Good woman does. I says, wait a minute, wait a minute, no. She says, I already have a date. I said, well, break it. She says, well, I'm not going to break it. I said, well, if I had a date and you asked me, I would break it with you. She said, I'm not breaking it. <laughs> and so I said, then how about such and such and such and such? She said, well, okay. And that's when we started uh, dating. Do you remember your first date? I sure do. <laughs> you bet I do. Where'd you go? What, what'd you guys do? And we went to a movie. Do you remember and, the movie? Uh, I can't remember the name of it, but I remember Barbara Stanwyck was, uh, <laughs> was on it. And I also remember there was a Tom and Jerry cartoon. <laughs> and I know, I, I still remember it was at the Ohio Theater. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. And I can still remember where we sat. Really? Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then afterwards... We went to uh, the uh, top restaurant in Columbus. You know where that is? The top. Uh -uh. Uh, that was a pretty nice place. And I ordered a beer, and, and so she got a beer. And she drank about a fourth of it. And uh, she said, later I found out she hated beer. I said, uh -huh. well, why did you... <laughs> <laughs> order that, you know. She said, well, I just thought our first date that you did, I, I should order one, too. My, yeah. my wife did the exact same thing, but it was uh, screwdrivers. Oh, is that right? Yeah, vodka and orange juice, yeah. She didn't like it either. She, huh? she doesn't like to drink. So, oh. Yeah, yeah. And, and, but for the first couple of weeks, we we would go places and she would drink and, and I, it got to a point where she finally just said, I don't really like drinking. And I said, well, you don't have to. <laughs> you know, it's fine. Well, even to this day, Dory hates beer. Yeah. She doesn't drink beer at all. Yeah, that's pretty common. I mean, you know, some, it's like, I don't even know if it's 50-50, but it seems like a lot of people are like, ah, I, I tried beer for a long time and, you know. Yeah. It just never, never catches on for some people. It's right. Not, yeah, it's an acquired right. taste. Right. Uh, so uh, then, do you remember how you proposed? Uh, yeah, uh, it was. Uh, I can tell you even exactly where it was. I had uh, I, I, when I started practice, I, I had a, an old. Well, I'll back up a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, in my uh, freshman year in medical school. We had spring break. Yep. And myself and, and a couple others drove to uh, Florida for spring break. And then on the way back in, in Valdesta, Georgia. I know it well. Got a speeding ticket there. Huh. You did. <laughs> yeah. Valdesta, Georgia, it was midnight. And. Uh, one of the other persons was driving and a whole bunch of cows in the middle of the road. They hit the cow, oh. <laughs> smashed the cow, smashed in my uh, car. Oh. It, it was a, a Dodge, I remember. I don't remember the year. Of the, and <clears throat> and uh, we were stuck, you know, and stopped. And people were stopping. A lot of them were Ohio State students going back home and they were picking up the other 
people there, you know, as much as they could, but most of their cars were all full, you know? Yeah. And they couldn't pick up anybody, but we finally got two of them picked up, and my friend and I stuck in an, another guy from Georgia. He said, uh, you guys better get out of here. I says, <laughs> why? He says, I'll tell you, the state highway patrol is really, really tough on oh, northerners, especially still to this day. Are. Are. Still to this yes, day, they are. Yep. <laughs> yep, they do and, not like northerners. And, <laughs> and and I said, well, we can't go. I says, uh, the uh, uh, the motor was running, but the fan one more. Fan well, the fan was working, but it was against yeah. the radiator there. He said, well, cut the fan <laughs> belt and get out of here. I said, no. I said, whatever it takes. I have insurance. Anyway, they finally came. And would you believe it? They were the absolute nicest guys <laughs> that we could possibly. They were so, so nice. Uh, and they were hacked off at the farmer that uh, has this open range. range. He says, I says, well, we gotta find uh, the farmer and I'll pay for the cow. He says, the hell with them. <laughs> he says, they just drug the cow by the tail and laid it on the side of the ditch. <laughs> and, and they said, uh, we got a place, uh, a truck stop there in Valdasta that also will work on the cars. Yep. And then you guys can sleep upstairs with yeah. the truckers. Yeah. And they took us in there, a free, free sleeping upstairs. The next morning, uh, uh, the, the mechanic was able to fix the, what they can. They welded lights on my car. <laughs> the hood was in the back seat. And, and that was my experience with uh, spring break. At, uh, at, where, at, where was this coming back? You said you were in Florida, but we're at in Florida. Oh, we got that Miami. Miami. Ooh, way yeah. Oh, nice. yeah, yeah. 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 Good for you guys. Yeah. You were, you were we barely go. halfway home at Valdosta. <laughs> I, I have to imagine that Miami in like, you know, 1950 was awesome. Like, you know, it's cool now, but it's a huge city now. And I'm sure then it was uh, just the beach was probably amazing and not too crowded. Well, we had, this is another interesting story. Uh, I had a partner that we did a comedy act uh, all through school. And, uh, that, uh, and we, we gained quite a lot of money. Uh, is, that, is that this fella here? That's me. Yeah. John Crawford. John yeah. Crawford okay. and I were partners. And while we were in Miami, uh, one of the guys that we met, he says, hey, uh, why don't you guys uh, do your act at the TP Club on Wednesday? And he says, uh, uh, and it's an amateur hour, and he says they give prizes. And we said, fine, we'll do this. <laughs> and we got there early, and there was maybe half a dozen people sitting there, you know, not too much. There was a guy with uh, crutches talking to somebody. And all of a sudden, the doors open, and the place filled from completely. And what it was is uh, a tourist on a bus. And they, <laughs> Perfect. And they would stop on Wednesday night at the TP club for this amateur hour. And so 
<clears throat> we did our act. And I can say it was sensational with the people. I mean, <laughs> you, know, you can tell. They yeah, were pretty, yeah, they were probably Comedians know Comedian. within an instant if their jokes are good or not. Yeah. They, there's no... And they just <laughs> roared and roared and would clap on that and clap and clap. And then finally it got ready for judging. They all got up and left. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and so they judged. And the first guy that got it was a one-legged tap dancer. The way they judge, they'd hold, they'd hold their hand above your head, you know, and then they'd clap. Yeah. yeah. Well, the people that he knew... Yeah, they were stuck around. Yeah. And he was a one-legged one leg, uh, one tap dancer with crutches. <laughs> was he at least a veteran? Huh? I don't know if he was a veteran or not, but uh, you know, what can you? How can you tap you dance be? with crutches? <laughs> you know, but he he won, and I said, because that was twenty five bucks. Oh, that's that's, that's yeah. a lot that's of nice. money. Yeah. But the, the second second prize was either ten or fifteen. Third was a bottle of champagne, and uh, and I said, well, good, we'll get a we'll get our uh, at least our second prize, you know. And then he took the, air, the, the one like a tap dancer took the phone and he says, I want to thank you so much. He says, uh, you don't know what it does for a handicapped person. You know, we're depressed, but this little bit brings us up and we feel so great. One of the guys was a blind singer. <laughs> and they find these he could great. not <laughs> sing on tune. <laughs> and he said, and I goes, oh. <laughs> and so, so that was just the two of us left. <laughs> and they go, and, and the clapping was even. Mm -hmm. it, you know, it was fairly even. Well, they finally give it to him. They give us a bottle of uh, champagne. Yeah, John and, Sorrows. Yeah, and John Crawford never drank at that time. Uh -huh. He would never drink. So... <laughs> We got done and we started to leave. And a guy says, hey, fellas, come over here. Then they came over and he says, well, you know why you lost? And he says, yeah. He says, well, I'm an agent. He says, I want to book you uh, here. I said, well, we're in school. And he says, well, don't you, aren't you off? And I said, well, we'll be off in the summer. He says, well, he says, you're coming out. I'll book you all through. Uh, uh, the summer? The, or, the summer, yeah. you know. And he gave us his card. To this day, I have his card. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> Did you go back? Huh? Did you end up going back? No. my, no. my I was ready to, but my partner wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> and my partner wasn't. So uh, that that's that was a story. On that is a great, that's a great <laughs> story. Yeah. Who knew you had a side job? You you could have I could have went been back. a comedian. Yeah. You never know. Yeah. Yeah. And my my partner said, uh, Jim Crawford says, oh, well, you know an agent. I know an agent there in Columbus, and he can book us around Columbus. Well, the only place that he could book us, that he booked us, was at Cedar Point, mm -hmm. uh, Westinghouse. Uh, once a year, buys the. This was the old Cedar Point, not not like it is mm -hmm. now. Yeah. They did have the one roller coaster, but you know they didn't have much there. Yeah, and probably and, didn't even have the bridge out there yet. I don't think the causeway. The causeway. Oh no. Uh, yeah, you, no. It was an island. No. Yeah, yeah. and and uh, 
they had like a Ferris wheel and a merry-go-round, those, those kind of things. And he says, uh, he says I'll book you uh, guys for $125. This is, you know, pretty big money. Yeah. Show. And I said, well, that's fine, you know. So he says, uh, but there's one thing, he says, uh, you're going to have to be clowns uh, for the first part and pass out these beads and balloons. <laughs> and he says, we've never been clowns before, you know. For, for, the, for our listeners, you, yeah. you, the see, face. you can't see yeah. him rolling his eyes right now. <laughs> so we get there, and <clears throat> the, uh, the guy meets us, and he says, I'll take you over. So you get dressed in your clown outfit at the Baker's Breakers. Breakers, Breakers. Yeah, yeah. 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 And uh, so we're we're uh, following him, and and we're going. And he says, uh, you know, your guys' pictures are all over in uh, at Westinghouse. I says, well, really? He said, I said, which one is that one where we're sitting there, like smoking? And he said, no, not not that one. I said, oh, it's probably the one like we're Got a trap? No, not that one. I said, "Well, uh, there's one like we're drunk." Uh, no, it's in your clown outfits. <laughs> he just picked up a couple of clowns out there, and they, they said this was us. You know? <laughs> so he says, "Now, do you mind? Do you mind if I watch you put your makeup? I understand each clown has a very specific uh, makeup, you know." Well, what are you going to say? No. Yeah, for 125. <laughs> well, bucks. John was in in uh, in art school. Okay. Yeah, fine arts, and so he put the makeup on us. Uh, so we get out there and passing out the popcorn. And, I mean, uh, beads and, and balloons, and the kids are scared of Dickens. Oh yeah. They're afraid of us, you <laughs> <Yeah>. know. <laughs> we can't pass. So what we did was, we crawled up on top of the fun house. We blew up the balloons, and we were throwing the balloons blown up. And we drew one heck of a crowd. Nice. And the parents were fighting each other for those stupid balloons. <laughs> and finally, <clears throat> we get done. We get back, get in our in just regular clothes. We did our show. Not too many showed up for that. Yeah. <laughs> and now it's about seven or eight o'clock at night. And we haven't eaten breakfast, lunch, nothing. And so we're gonna get some popcorn. Well, we get together and together we came up with 12 cents. Oh. Popcorn was a dime. <laughs> so we took one grain at a time. <laughs> one grain at a time. One grain at a time. Uh. <laughs> and That's awesome. we got back and it was uh, probably around 9 or 10 at night where we and you give us they gave us the check where are you going to cash a check at night yeah well john knew the grocer that they went to was up in he had an apartment upstairs he went upstairs knocked on him <laughs> he got the grocer to come down and he cashed the check, oh, nice. and we went right away. We went there to a restaurant and ate, ate a big meal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, it's so yeah. great. Like, just things are, just, the world's changed 
not, not drastically, but little things like that where, you know, go knock on the grocery store. Or, or and, well, they, getting paid in a check. And in, in a paper check. check. Yeah. 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 That's right. Yeah. It was. Ten cents for popcorn. <laughs> yeah. You know. What do you think popcorn costs at Cedar Point now? Uh, seven bucks, seven dollars for the thing of popcorn. I remember him saying, "He said, let's let's ride the uh, octopus." Yeah, and I said, "Ah, John, I'm so tired. I don't want to ride it." He said, "Yeah, come on." He said, "We'll ride it, and they meet. Uh, one of us will get sick, and then and then whoever throws up gets to eat that guy's." Oh blood. God. <laughs> we were so hungry. <laughs> and, and then uh, on the way home, I, I, I tried to forget everything. I was trying to sleep, and he's. Fool around and stay. And I said, John, be quiet. He said, I, he says, you're mad at me. And I said, well, no, I'm not mad. And he said, I know why you're mad. And I'm, why? He said, well, because I wouldn't throw up. <laughs> uh, so who was the, did you guys write your stuff or was it all improv? Did you just start well, talking? We, we did a series of, of uh, uh, jokes that we put it in, sort of like uh, uh, it was a Martin and Lewis type thing. Yep. And yep. and there were all uh, skits on there. If you yeah. want, sometimes I'll give you the uh, a, a video. I mean, um, I got a uh, DVD, uh, yeah, DVD of of our act we did for the hospital. Yes. One, one time. That when the I very absolutely first time would love that. to see that. Could, yeah. could we put a link to it on our website? Would that be, or could we add it to our website? Yeah, you can. Okay. If you that want would be to. great. Yeah, sure. that'd be awesome. Uh, yeah. We'll do it. We want to do that. Yeah. yeah. And that was the very last one that we did. It was the first one that the hospital did for the. For oh, the comedy night. The, the comedy night. Okay. And that was the very first one that uh, the comedy night did. And it was our very last one. Oh, cool. Yeah. So you guys did that for a while? Well, just just, just that one. And then I, I, I did by no. myself uh, a few stand-ups. Yeah, you did. Okay. But yeah. did you and John do that after college still, you guys? Yeah, a little bit. Okay. Uh, you know, not that much. Yeah, you're busy. Uh, we did, oh, uh, we put a minstrel show once, and they, they wanted us to do the act in, in there. We did yeah. it once there. I think we only did it once there in Upper. Okay. Yeah. All right. Hey, we're going to take a quick break and a little word about Winestock, uh, July 1st and 2nd at the Wyandotte County Fairgrounds this year. Tons of bands. Uh, check us out on Facebook or on the web. Here's a little ad for you. But great weekends, what you're dreaming of. Come to Winestock, share the love. Get your groove on, don't contain it. It's a time for entertainment. Under the road trees, summer fun. We got a song for everyone. A perfect summer staycation. Now you've got your destination. At Weinstock. Come on out and have some fun. At Weinstock. We are all one. All right, so there you have it. Weinstock, we're all one. Back to the show. Okay, so back to you and Dorsey. You and Dory uh, are engaged. You got married. I saw that you went on a honey. I, I found a newspaper article and it said you guys honeymooned in out west. So, so where did you get? How did? Where did you get engaged? Do you remember that? The what? Where Where were you engaged? Oh, oh, oh I was. I. Uh, oh yeah, that's where this story started. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> we we were in the I was we were in a car. And I got a new. Oldsmobile. Mm -hmm. my, oh. I was for really up, up, 
doing great. Big you deal. Know, yeah. Big deal. <laughs> and, uh, and, and Dory, uh, we got her to work at the office. Yep. And, <clears throat> and I remember uh, it was right on the corner of Johnson and Sandusky Avenue. Mm-hmm. Right there at the light. Yeah. And that's when I proposed to her. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> was it planned get, or you just kind of knew you wanted uh, to do thought, it? And it's... I thought, well, I better say something. She was in you the know? car with you? Oh, yeah. So you had her trapped. She couldn't go anywhere. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In fact, I had him locked. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so then you got married. I saw... I think I saw that Mark Russell was your flower boy or a ring bear, uh, or the ring, ring bear. bear. So were you and Doc Russell friends? Is that how yes. that? Okay. Yes. Yeah. We were. We became very close friends with Doc here yep. that we had. Okay. Uh, and he was the, and then Doctor Rhodes' oldest uh, daughter Sherry was our flower girl. Okay. Mark cool. was a ring bear. Yeah. yeah. Mark Russell. And he, I know you met Dorian Columbus, but was she from Bucyrus? Well, yeah, she was from Bizarres originally. Okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then, uh, so you guys got married. Do you remember your honeymoon? I saw you went out west, and I was wondering, like, what west was. Uh, yeah, I, I, uh, it was really interesting. <clears throat> One of my uh, classmates in medical school was at the, at the wedding. And <clears throat> he, he, he had joined the service. And he was being transferred to Hawaii mm -hmm. in, a, in a residency. He was going into his residency there. And so he said, where are you guys uh, going on your honeymoon? So I told him and everything. And he says, well, we're, we're going to be there too. He says, how about we meet? Let's look up. And so he looked up and... Uh, uh, traveling book, uh -huh. and he says, "Well, there's a place called uh, um, the I guess called the uh, it's a it's a clever name, uh, huh. and that's, that slips my mind now. I got to say, well, I'll think about it. Yeah, we meet there, you know. You're already remembering way more things, KK, than I'm going <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, so you had to meet, you had a rendezvous. We're going to meet there yeah. on, on such and such a day. And, uh, and then our honeymoon uh, was, uh, we went out west, and uh, one of the first places we stopped at Carlsbad Caverns, mm -hmm. where the bats uh, flew. Yep. And then uh, we went on to Tombstone. Yep. And took the... Uh, uh, pictures of the graves of uh, Wyatt Earp and Holiday Animal Lester Yeah. <laughs> and <clears throat> then we went on to uh, uh, Tucson, Arizona, where Dr. Keenan was. Oh, nice. And we stayed a few days there. Mm -hmm. And then one day we went south to Tijuana and watched a bullfight. <laughs> And then, now, we're going to meet Tony and his wife. And, and I don't know if we're going to get there in time. And so we're rushing, and it's wide open there. And yeah. uh, Oh, incidentally, I stopped at, at the uh, crater. Uh, I don't know if you know the crater that hit there in Arizona, yeah. and the, the big uh, 
we stopped and, and uh, I, was, I was interested in astronomy at that time. Oh, I bet, yeah. And so I'm rushing them to, to get there. And I said, I don't know why I'm rushing there. They're probably not going to get there either, you know. And so finally we got at this place. God, I can't think of the name of it. Uh, and, uh, You're going to call me tonight at about 8 o'clock. <laughs> like, Graham, I remember the name. <laughs> and... Uh, uh, and so um, we're in there, and I says, see, here we are. We rushed to get here. They're not here. They probably won't be here tomorrow or the next day, you know. <laughs> and we're registering, and here they come in. <laughs> you can imagine. Just yeah, right. And we haven't even time. registered yet. Yeah. <laughs> we came, so we traveled together. And then we went to uh, Las Vegas. And, and this that's is, where we were. We met in Las Vegas. This is 1960. It, it, no, uh, 58. 58, okay. 58. Yeah, 62 is when Kathy was born, 58. Okay. And we went to Las Vegas, and we walked up and down town, and we thought we were at the Strip. And so we asked, uh, where are the McGuire sisters? And he said, they're at the Strip. And I said, isn't this the Strip? <laughs> he says, no, no, the Strip is way out that's this way. So we went over there, and we went at the Sands Hotel, and <clears throat> that's where I think Frank Sinatra was uh, oh. singing in Mickey Rooney. And we said, uh, how much is it to stay? Now at the, I can't think of that, at, at the Sands Hotel, uh, the guy was kind of funny with, uh, with us, and he says, uh, where are you guys from? He said, we're from Ohio. He says, oh, Ohio. He says, we give special deals for Ohio. <laughs> he says, it's $12 a night. Instead of 10 for everybody else, right? <laughs> yeah. Instead of 10 for everybody else. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so he said, well, we'll take it. Yep. So we stayed uh, an extra several days and uh, there and went to the various uh, different uh, clubs. Yeah. And, and Did you see Frank Sinatra when you were yeah. there? And he was there at the Sands. Yeah. And, um, gosh, I can't even think of the other guy's names. Uh, Mickey Rooney uh, was sunbathing with us. Really? Uh, yeah. He was no further than me in that, that chair. And yeah, he a, he's not a big guy, right? No, and he had a tall, blonde, I guess it was his wife, I don't know, but it was a tall <laughs> Was that one anyway? I got, <laughs> yeah, I got a video of, of him uh, <clears throat> on that. Then from there we went to uh, Disneyland. Oh yeah! It just had opened a few years yeah. prior to that, and from Disneyland we went to uh, San Francisco. And, oh. and did you drive uh, all this way? Oh, this is driving. Yeah. And uh, and that's when we split up because he now from San so Francisco off. he's off for Florida. Then we went over to the uh, Sequoia. National yeah. Forest, and seen the Bridal Falls, and the, and there's a General Sherman. General Sherman, yeah. where you drive through a tree. Yeah, and then uh, uh, we came home. Nice. Yeah, that Man, was that's our a honeymoon. Great trail. That's a whole. <laughs> yeah, that's a bunch of bunch of miles. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we did. Windows down. We did. We did a, we did a well, no air conditioning. Yeah. Not in 
what what month was it? What time that was it? in June. She June. got married June first. June yeah. in Phoenix. June first, nineteen fifty eight. June and June going from Phoenix to L or to Las Vegas to. Boy, that's yeah. that's the hottest part of the year too. Yeah. Right across yeah. Death Valley. Right, right across well, we we went up. Uh, we it was a shortcut to get the tombstone, and we we went up this mountain, and we got up to the top, and the car was overheating. Yeah. And we stopped, and you know, there's nobody going by, and no. all of a sudden a guy goes by, and he stopped, and he says, "You don't have a water bag?" And he says, "No, we don't know." And he says. Well, this happens, you know, in this low altitude and this high, low humidity. So he put his fillers yeah. with, with water, and we were able to finish to go uh, yeah. in Tucson. Huh. Did you carry water with you after that? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I bought a bag and, and carried it right over the radiator. Yeah. yeah. You betcha. <laughs> huh. Man, that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, that part of Tombstone, that's, that's pretty desolate now still. Yeah. And yeah. Hot, yeah. Not hot. Yeah. Well, all right, so hey, let's take a quick break, uh, Brian, and we'll cut, we'll cut in here. Uh, so a lot that has been said already here. Yeah, um, yeah. Looking back on this interview, certainly a lot to take in. He's been a busy guy already. <laughs> he has. Um, so you know, he's Macedonian Greek. He's Greek. Greek. Yeah. Um, you know, his dad was a pro wrestler. Yeah. <laughs> I have Googled and Googled and Googled. I can't. I can't find. You know, obviously, the odds of that being published anywhere is tough. But oh I, yeah. I can't, the- that, find anything about it that that was uh you know i, I don't want to say the circus because i that that conjures up an image that we're not used to but uh those those regional wrestling uh regional professional wrestlers it, it was a thing and it was a it was a, a come to town kind of thing so, yeah so yeah. they would come to town in, in a lot of small towns and that was in indiana right yeah, where his oh, yeah. Dad Indianapolis. Was. Yeah, Indianapolis. So, so they were probably doing like Terre Haute. They were going to Fort Wayne, places like that, and they were filling up a uh, like a fairground kind of arena. Yep. Uh, it wasn't it wasn't the WWE like we're thinking of now or no. AEW I, it sounds or cool, cooler than that. Oh yeah, me. for sure. <laughs> that was that was roots wrestling. You know? It was. That, that's back when it was wrestling, and especially because he's <laughs> Greek, and I just think you know Greek. Sure. Greco Roman wrestling. Like, oh, I just picture him being like having these big, strong hands. Oh, and, probably <laughs> yeah. hands like a bunch of bananas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Uh, and then the bloody bucket. The bloody bucket. We, we danced around on that, but I, I'm pretty sure the bloody bucket, and he was right, um, is right there in between today, being between Sunshine Insurance and Napa. Yeah. But, or, or possibly right in between Napa and than like Susie's Pizza's building, the Bill Hart building. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, but it, it was right in there. It was the bloody bucket from 1944 to 1946. Yeah. So for two years, it was only, it was only two years that it was a bloody bucket. But I know that I've read a couple different places that if you came in on the train into Upper Sandusky, it, it was kind of uh, assumed, why wouldn't you go to the bloody bucket? It was the like, first one there. Yeah, it was probably it, the yeah. boxcar, the bloody bucket were right. the closest to. They were right there at the train station and, and yeah. you could just walk down to them and wait for your next train. Yeah. Sit there and for, for three or four hours, have 10 beers and wait for your next train. Yeah. Uh, college costs $25 a quarter. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> just such a different world. <laughs> that was unbelievable. And I think he paid, was it $10 extra that he worked? 10 extra to yeah. get medical school to yeah. do the so lab. 35 dollars a quarter for ohio state medical school yeah yeah and then then he meets dory and uh you know the lovely like she said no yeah well i'd break a date for you <laughs> it's yeah. perfect 
played hard to get. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Then he comes came back and he had his first practice was with Dr. Keenan, mm-hmm. which is at 204 South Sandusky. I looked it up. They were they were at 204 South Sandusky. Uh, it, it had been Charles Baldoff's barbershop until 1922. And um, they burned it down. They raised the building, uh, which is a, I always think when they say the building was raised, that means it was like purposefully torn down, right? R-A-Z-E-D. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Keenan's office was built in 22. And so, it was Keenan from 22 to 34. So that's Mizzick Miller now, right? It is the Mizzick Miller yeah. building. That's correct. Mizzick Miller Orion's. Orion's on the Mizzick Miller. Uh, he's, sure. Uh, I, I don't know. Yeah. Matt, are you? Yeah. Uh, and then um, Sco- Schofield was Keenan's partner prior to KK coming back. Um, and that's then Schofield moved to 206 South Sandusky, which is in 1938, which is the Knights of Columbus building. So that was like Dr. Rowe right there. There were doctor's yeah. offices down there. Um, then, uh, in 1954 was when it, that's when KK started 1954, it became Herschel Rhodes, KK Solokoff and JJ Brown. Okay. Uh, and then they were there until 1962 in 1962, they moved out to the hospital, to the front of the hospital out there. Yeah. You know, that, that building yeah, at, building, uh, right. 777 North Sandusky Avenue. Yeah. Right. So, uh, yeah, anyway, then, you know, dorms at Ohio State and then the honeymoon and you said it, you know, man, that's a trip. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't I don't know how to impress this upon people. I've, I've driven out in the southwest. It's it's desolate now. Oh, yeah. Like lots of people, I'm sure, are thinking like, man, I've made that drive. Yeah. In my air conditioned air conditioned car that you could car. rely on and a cell phone to boot. Yeah. Like. You're you're driving out there in 1950, 1955. Yeah. It, it's there's nothing out there. Oh, I mean, yeah. I and bet it, it was fantastic, and it was hot. Had yeah. to be hot. Oh, and, yeah. and he talked about it. You know, he, he talks Car about overheating, carrying extra water, and carrying a bladder. Like those are things you, that's that's what you have to do. Yeah, things that we just don't oh. don't have to think about. You know. Now. Well, no. Nowadays we carry a, a camelback. You know, on a backpack. I'm like, oh, do we have? Like 5G up here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so thirsty because it's air conditioned in uh, the car. Yeah. But Tombstone is desolate country. And it was, it. I was there in 1992 the last time, uh, 1994, I guess it was. And it was, uh, it, it was, it was pretty, uh, still pretty primitive, not primitive, but colonial, I yeah. guess, or what you could imagine like an old West town would look like. So uh, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to, put a picture on our website of this next topic that um, was his comedy act. Oh, yeah. Uh, in, in the Ohio State University yearbook, the 1953 yearbook, it has John Crawford and J- John Crawford and KK uh, d- doing their stand-up routine. Uh, it's cool. It says, Wendell Jones of Pi Kappa Tau was caught by the, the camera as he Swings into his incompatible rendition of Lover, and then on the opposite side, it's got Campus Funny Men, John Crawford, and sidekick Konstantin Solikov convulse an audience with a favorite routine. <laughs> and that was from the 1953 Ohio State yearbook. So he, and that, and that was great. I mentioned it in the intro. Like he, he's still mad at that, that, that opportunity, that missed. opportunity, <laughs> which is fantastic. Just yeah. a great guy. So, 
So yeah, then to you know out west, uh, tombstone to tombstone and tombstone. Crazy. Do you know what the population of Tombstone is right now? I mean, it's a pretty well-known town, right? Pretty well-known yeah. town, pretty well-known Western town. 600. So right now it's 1,200. So double, yeah. but yeah. you small. get the idea. So in 19, been... 1950, the population was 900 people. Yeah, and, and in the middle of nowhere. Here's, here's another thing I... that'll blow your mind, okay? Okay. So this was 1952, is that right? Yeah, yep. We think, yep, yeah, pretty sure. Okay, when, when was Tombstone? 1881 was the shootout at the OK Corral. So he was 50 plus 19. He's 79 years away from it. Is that right? 50 yeah. plus 19, 69. 60, yeah, about he, 70 he, years. Sorry, math's hard. So how long ago was that? <sighs> wow, so he was there. And he was there. <laughs> he was there in the same amount 70 of... 70 years ago. Midpoint. Wow. So yeah. his trip to Tombstone was the same distance away from the event as we are from his visit to Tombstone. That's correct. That's yep. awesome. So that should give you some perspective on time. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Yeah. That's a, a life well lived. A, a nice, long, awesome life. Yeah. Uh, man, that's so cool. Okay. So let's get back to it. So yep. we, we um, in this next segment, Koto talked about coming back to Upper and... Uh, starting the medical practice and being a doctor and, and being a doctor yeah. and uh, you know all that went along with that being on call and, and yep. all that stuff so uh, we'll get back to the show so um all right then you guys come back and pretty much start having kids pretty quickly right after that or 62. Okay. Kathy was born in 1962. Kathy's the oldest. Yeah. And then Kathy's married to Chris Perry. Chris Perry. Okay. They live in Columbus now? Powell. Powell. Yeah. Yeah. She has three kids. The oldest, Andrew, uh, is now a resident, a physician resident. He just uh, graduated from medical school and and he's a resident there in uh, North Carolina. Okay. And our other daughter is a... uh, She's a um, has a master's degree in sociology and works at uh, uh, Children's Hospital. Okay, and then also has a private on the side, and then then the youngest daughter is a nurse uh, from University of Kentucky. Yeah, and she's working there right now. Okay, cool. And David was born uh, in '65. He has three kids. Yeah. Uh, uh, Does he yeah. work at Johns Hopkins? He graduated from Johns Hopkins. Okay. Yeah. He went to Ohio State pre-med. Okay. And then medical school at Johns Hopkins and then his residency in orthopedics in uh, Johns Hopkins. Okay. Yeah. Now, tell me if this is true. I heard a rumor. I heard a story that he lives... Does he live in Delaware? Yes. Mm-hmm. Does he live near Joe Biden's... Next door. Yes. <laughs> That's true. I and I, they live on like the same lake. All, they, there's like kind of a lake in their backyards. Uh, yeah, in their backyard, and it's David's lake, incidentally. Yeah, yeah that belongs to David. So Joe Biden lives on, on your that, son's lake. On, on that, yeah, <laughs> right on that lake, and they've played golf together, and yeah. uh, he comes over swimming uh, uh, with him before he was president. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> one day he called David, and he says. Uh, it was on Sunday, and he says, uh, uh, 
He said, I need this allergy shot, and I don't have time to, tomorrow. Can you give it to me? And so David said, yeah. So he came over, and, and then they talked, David said, for over an hour, but not a politics, but he, he's a good talker. Yeah. And then he started to leave and, and got out the door, and all of a sudden David didn't write down what he gave him. He had to keep down, and so he called him back, you know. And then he saw the Secret Service standing outside. Uh -huh. He says, how long have you guys been here? And he says, well, since <laughs> President Biden came. He says, well, why did you come in? He said, no, we didn't. Well, you're welcome to come in. They said, next time, don't stand outside. <laughs> they knew everything that was going on inside anyway. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't, yeah. They didn't yeah. 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 And, and then uh, you know about his broken foot. Nope. You don't? Nope. Well, he was, he was president, and he, the dog, something, he was chasing the dog and tripped and, and hurt his foot. And so he called David on his land phone. Well, David doesn't answer the land phone. And he left a message. And I don't know, it was three or four hours later, David happens to go back and looks at it, and he goes, oh, my gosh. So he called him, you know. He says, Joe, why didn't you call me on my cell phone? And he says, well, I didn't want to bother you. <laughs> the President of the United States. <laughs> could probably take a call from him. Yeah, <laughs> I think I'll take that call. <laughs> yeah. So he, he rushes over and he says, oh, we're going to have to get an x-ray. And this is late at night, you know. Yeah. And so they go to his office and following him, besides the Secret Service, a whole bevy of... Uh, reporters mm -hmm. and uh, the reporters wanted to go inside and David says no and he says well we, we need the you guys are staying out secret service can come in but not the not the reporters you know yeah. you get them out <laughs> and if you go on YouTube uh, and and type in uh, Joe Brown or Joe Biden's uh, broken foot you'll see David uh, walking out, okay. just briefly. Yeah, uh, yeah. Briefly with him. It's on briefly, but <laughs> That's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, and then you have Stephen. Steve. And then Steve. Yeah. yeah. Steve is a uh, uh, cardiovascular sonographer, and he uh, travels around the world, the uh, world, around the United States at different hospitals when they need somebody, and he'll be there for two, three months, and then. Okay. And then he goes the other. However, since COVID, we've kept him home. Oh, yeah. Until things really calm down, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, when he goes to these different hospitals, you don't know how. Yeah. What the thing is, but it's getting down to the point where it looks like he's going to have to start going again. <laughs> but he's yeah. been a big help here, though. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. 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 Very cool. Yeah. I started practice here with Dr. Keenan. He had the office right next to Dr. Schoolfield's office, which is uh, right across uh, Susie's Pizza. Okay. In those kind of brick oh, buildings. Beside the KFC hall? Or was it near the KFC hall? Uh, no, oh. it's on the other block. KFC's on, well, let's see. Is it like, I think it's close to like Mizzick Miller. Yeah, so in that area. It's right in that Mizzick Miller area. Yeah, yes. Yeah. 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 It's right in that one of those buildings. Yep. Yeah. And, but he was there just, uh, he had already uh, uh, 
was working with Dr. Rhodes. Dr. Rhodes graduated three years before I did. And uh, so then Dr. Keenan left, and he then moved to Arizona. He had trouble with asthma. Okay. And Arizona was a good place to be for, for asthma. And he uh, then uh, was with Dr. Rhodes, and then three years later, Dr. Brown graduated from uh -huh. uh, Ohio State, and we he joined us. And so the three of us were working together. So Rhodes, Brown, and Solikoff. That was Rhodes, Solikoff, and Brown. Rhodes, Solikoff, <laughs> Brown. Yep. <laughs> yep. And then... Did, did you know those guys be, before? I knew Dr. Rhodes and Dr. Brown. It happened that they were all in the same fraternity, oh, uh, okay. medical fraternity. Okay. Alpha Kappa Kappa. And I, so I knew them that way, mm -hmm. but not necessarily as... To run around, there were okay. three years apart of on either side of me. You know? they, and yeah. they were from other towns, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so we decided it was getting crowded there, and then we built a building next to the hospital. That, that they've torn down here in the last couple tore, years. Yeah. They've just tore that down and made a heliport out of it. Yep. Yeah. That's what that is. So that's where we were uh, the whole time. Uh, Dr. Uh, Rhodes uh, returned first. Return, retired first, <laughs> and then uh, then Dr. Brown retired, and then there was a Dr. Chaw that was with us for a while. Yeah, I remember Dr. Chaw. Yeah, yeah. And, and then he left, and uh, it was time for me to retire. Dr. Farmer, fifty was years. Well, we did have Dr. Farmer yeah. there too, uh, for a while. Yeah, and then he left. He didn't know why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, yeah. what year did you retire? Two thousand one or so, or before? Well, it would be fifty years uh, after nineteen uh, uh, fifty-seven. Seven. Okay, so it's fifty years yeah. after that. Two thousand seven. Two thousand six or seven. Seven, probably. That could be right. Yeah. 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 Nice. Yeah. So and a lot of years of practice in medicine. I mean, how I yeah. do. It. The changes in that period. Well, it was also interesting. Uh, we didn't have an anesthesiologist here, and Dr. Funnenberg, who was from a surgeon from uh, Tiffin, would come over and do our surgery, and we would we would uh, just surgery that we could do under spinal. But if we had to do anything above that, we we had to send them someplace else. Oh. And then uh, Dr. Zahuri came in town mm -hmm. as a surgeon. And he didn't want anybody uh, sent out of town, you know. Yeah. Because uh, he could do all this, all the surgery. Sure. So I decided I would take uh, a uh, residency, a mini residency in anesthesiology, and I went to Denver at Fitzsimmons uh, Hospital and did a mini, mini residency in anesthesiology, and so I did. Uh, Anesthesiology in the morning and my family practice in the afternoon. Huh. And, when, when uh, did you start, uh, what year did you start doing anesthesiology? Uh, <laughs> I, can, I can tell you pretty close because my uh, Steve, my youngest son, was one year old and he okay. was born in 71, so it was 72. Okay. okay. So, all, right. so all of yeah. my life you were doing that at least. Yeah, and I, I did that for... Uh, 
I think, uh, 30 years. Okay. And then, then I, I stopped it and, and, and just found me practice. Yeah. It, it, it got too much there for me. I couldn't keep up with family practice and that. There were other surgeons now moving in and, and surgery was getting more and more busy. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, you think of the things you were doing in the 1960s and 70s, and now there's probably, you'd go to four, there's four different medical units you'd go to to even get that stuff done, or, you know, you'd have multiple people working on that stuff where you guys were a little more kind of jacks of the whole of train. Yes. Yeah, I would, yeah, I would think the malpractice insurance alone was probably enough to say you wanted to stop doing anesthesiology. Well, it's interesting <laughs> because when I started, my malpractice insurance was $125 a year. <laughs> <laughs> when I finished, it was over $20,000 a year. Yeah. And that, was, and that was mainly because of uh, the, I was doing anesthesia. And I says, well, I don't do the complicated anesthesia like open hearts mm -hmm. or back or brain. And I said, it doesn't matter. If you do one anesthetic, you're in anesthesiology. Yeah. And uh, so I was paying what everybody else paid yeah. uh, up there. And that was another reason for me to quit. Yeah. And, and then I think it dropped down to... As family practiced around ten thousand, mm -hmm. and the anesthesiology was killing me. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. that's a twenty thousand high risk occupation. Oh yeah, that's a high high risk. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember that for some reason that you worked for like the Ohio High School Athletics. Did you like? Were you like the trainer for I was like team physician? Yeah. When when I uh, came here after a year or two. Uh, uh, Schaefer, um, what was his first name? I can't remember. Coach Schaefer approached me and yeah. says, would you be our team physician? And so I said, yeah, I'd be happy to. Okay, so and you were so the football team physician. For football, high basketball, school. everything. Okay, all Track, right. Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, all that. Through, I don't, through when you were in school probably, wasn't it? Yeah, you were, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even my, I know for me, True. Yeah, I always remember you being at games. You were at yeah. all, almost all the games. Yeah, it was all the games, uh, all the basketball. What'd you keep in that black bag? <laughs> <laughs> you remember that? I do remember the black bag. Well, uh, I, I uh, keep suture stuff, okay. which I, I sutured periodically. Somebody would get a laceration, and I'd suture sure. him right there and then. Uh, and I kept... Uh, uh, different types of uh, medication, something for pain pills mm -hmm. I had. Uh, and then a lot of the other stuff was for uh, other people. If I, That's when I made house calls. That's when you oh, made the house calls. Yeah, okay. Uh, this is interesting. Uh, when I started, office visits were $2. <laughs> uh, the shots, penicillin and so forth, were 50 cents. And house call was $5. Ooh, I would have paid five bucks every time, every time. But that was that was a, a an expense then. Yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah. Five bucks wasn't yeah. what it is now. But yeah, 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 it was. It, and uh, I had Wednesdays afternoons off, and that's when I did most of my house calls. I made oh half a dozen or so house calls on Wednesday afternoon on some older people that just. Couldn't yeah. come in that, that easy, were, you know. Were they primarily uh, 
not customers, uh, patients. Yes. Were they primarily patients that you yes. had regular visits with? Mm -hmm. Yeah, stop yeah, in once patients. a month and see yeah. them. Or, yeah, yeah. That's, what, that's what I did, yeah. Okay. And, and then periodically I'd get called and, and, and make a house call uh, on Sunday and, and yeah. so forth right, right on up. The Such guys got it now, I, got it easy, what I think. Oh, 100% they <laughs> and did. Then, yeah. And then uh, I had emergency room call uh, for a whole month from, uh, I remember, January, and then again about six months later, another month. Okay, you guys split them? Uh, yeah, for, with the rest of the doctors, with, with the six, I guess it would be the six of them that we came out that way. But... Uh, Mine was on January. It started on midnight at January. So when we had New Year's Eve, no drinking or anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I'm on call. And at, and at midnight, I go and call. Yeah. Go and, take care of everybody else that's been drinking. Yeah, and there was nobody else in there. Somebody go in the emergency room. You had to drop everything and, and go out there and take care of them at the emergency room. Mm -hmm. uh, accidents and people coming in with lacerations and so how, forth. How did they reach you? How, if they you called were, me. But did you have to let somebody know when you were leaving the house where you were going? Yeah. You didn't have oh, a yeah. cell phone. Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was either home or in the office. And if I wasn't, I'd call them and tell them I'm going to be there. Okay. Later on, they got... Uh, beepers. Uh, beepers. Yeah. yeah. We didn't have the cell phones. They had beepers. And so then I didn't have to notify them. They just, I'd see the beeper and then I'd have to call and say, what, what's the problem? And they'd say, and then I have to go out there. A couple of times right in the middle of a golf match. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor problems. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I had to do that. And then, uh, uh, then we got the cell phones. Yeah, and then, yeah. then, it, then it was easier. You could take care of pretty much a lot of the problem. By then, they got doctors in the emergency room. And the reason, the only time they'd call you if one of your patients came in yep. and said, so-and-so is here. And I said, well, go ahead and admit them, and then they'll come out there did you, and take uh, care of them. Did you keep track of how many babies you delivered? You know, I did, and I lost it. Oh, really? Yeah, I had, it was like... Uh, uh, a mini birth certificate. Oh, okay. And I, I filled out the mother, the father, and the time, and all this stuff. That's like, nice. Yeah, like you do fill up. Yeah. Those up, and uh, uh, and I lost it, and I, I think it was um, I don't know, three or four hundred, maybe. Okay. Yeah. Uh, by the time I stopped, I had to stop when I started doing anesthesiology. Oh. Oh. Because. If somebody was in labor and was ready to deliver, and I'm doing an anesthetic, yeah, you can't you can't do it. Yeah, so I, sure. you do one or the other. You can't anesthesia cuts the anesthesia. So uh, I I couldn't do that. Okay. Uh, so that's when I stopped. I I remember I I was doing a little research like Graham was doing some research on you this week, and I I happened to look up Dr. Brown's obituary, and in his obituary it had mentioned that he had delivered. 2,197 babies? Yeah, because I stopped. Uh, yeah. I stopped around four or 500. And, uh, and then 
And then he 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 was the only one doing deliveries. He would, but yeah. everybody my age, if you yeah. lived in Upper, if you were yeah. born in Upper, yeah. it was Doc Brown. Doctor Brown yeah. delivered you. Yeah. I was born in Fremont, but we moved here when I was six months old. So oh. for my entire life, I I had went to the doctor out out at, at your office. Me oh. too. Yep, yeah, that was always my until it moved into the. Yeah, into the hospital when they yes. you know, moved everything into the hospital. Yeah, and yeah. it was probably 50% Dr. Brown, 30 to 40% you, and then the other 10 to 20% was Dr. Rhodes every uh, now and then yeah. if I had to get into, if I was really sick and needed to get in, but yeah. Um, well, yeah, we, uh, we almost, almost, if you were sick, you got to be seen right now. Yeah, yeah. You just, we just, even though it was appointments, we just came in right now. And, and, uh, if it was not that bad, you know, I've got a sore this or that, uh, usually the next day. Yeah. We, we always worked them in. Yeah, if somebody had a, had a fever or they, you know, their throat was on fire, yeah. it's like, okay, get out here. We'll Mine was always yeah. bronchitis or ear infections. Yeah, yeah. We, we got them in right away. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Hey, so we're going to take another break here and just a little segue into our last segment with... Constantine Solikoff. Uh, so, you know, so far, so there he's just, you know, being a doctor and upper and working for the football team and being on call and having all those doctor problems that we all feel bad for him about. <laughs> uh, but yeah, just cool, man. Like, a, like what a cool time. I, I've always thought this, this generation anyway, that's a couple generations above us. So went through some awesome stuff, um, awesome in some bad ways, right? Vietnam, sure, yeah, uh, World War II, Korea, the whole things, yeah. yeah. Um, but also lived through a really kind of cool prop, like the 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 beginning of real, like the modern era. Yeah, the modern technology. The yeah, the, they they benefited from the industrial revolution. They and they took it the next step. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, okay, so in this last segment, um, you know, we, we almost forgot about it. And then right at the end, I was like, oh, wait, yeah, you knew Neil Armstrong when you were a kid. We, <laughs> we went through his childhood and we we skipped over it. It is funny. We talked we talked to him for about an hour and then we kind of went, wait a minute, this one thing that we kind of kind of were really interested and, in. And, 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 you know, I know that I knew he had a relationship with, with Neil and it was awesome. I mean, Neil yeah. Armstrong... Uh, Hello. I mean, he is the American hero. Like sure. He, the, the things that we can't even, in a way we can't even fathom. Literally. But it was cool because I did like, I've always thought, I have a lot of people that say, well, did Neil Armstrong really live in Upper? And people don't really get that he did live here. Yeah. Like he, he did things here, went to school here, had friends here. I, I think the, I, I think the... The phrase or, or the, the comment that I heard during this interview that really stuck out to me was that he had more fun coming back here to yeah. the reunions with this class than he did with with other classes that he was in, right? Yeah. And I, that's because he spent his formative years, his early formative years here, and he met some lifelong friends. And when you do that... That's that's your that's your meat and potatoes, you know. That's yeah. that's oh. that's what people live on, you know. Like I, I'm Graham. I didn't meet you in junior high, but I met your brother in junior high, and that's how I got to know you. So, uh, I'll I'll, I'll quote from a fantastic movie here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, does I never have... had any friends later on like the ones I had when I was twelve. Jesus, does anyone? Does anyone? Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, and for I, those of you who don't know that, that's Stand By Me. That's like from the, the last, end of Stand By Me. Yeah, I, I thought of, of that when he said that about Neil yeah. Armstrong. It's like, yeah, you do the bonds you form. If you form them, yep. then they're, they if, last. If you're willing to stick with them and that person's willing to stick with them, then those are yeah. the best friends you're ever going to have. Yeah. It's not yeah. to say you can't also obviously make great friends sure. other yeah. times. New but, friends are great too. But anytime yeah. I can quote Stand By Me, I do it. So there you go. Gordy screwed to pooch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So in this last one, we get into some Neil Armstrong. I hope you guys enjoy it. Um, all right. Well, man, we've been going, but I did want to ask you. So, and then also you were like buddies with Neil Armstrong when you were a kid. Oh, yeah, we haven't even touched on We haven't talked about <laughs> Neil Armstrong. Yeah. Uh, you guys were B- Boy Scouts yeah. together. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, uh, Neil moved, moved, Neil moved from, uh, his dad, uh, was a state auditor mm-hmm. and he would go into a certain area and audit the, the county, uh, over a period of three, four years, you know, and then he would moved to another uh, county Yeah, and then he, he moved over here. Uh, before I get there, it's interesting that. When he, uh, when Neil was uh, like in the second, third grade, something like that, he moved in the county, and the first day of school, Neil went to school, and then he came back with his report card in six weeks, and he had all A's, and his mother looked at it and says, well, this says you're in the third grade, but you're really supposed to be in the second, or it's the fourth grade you're supposed to be in the third yeah and he says i don't know and, and <laughs> he just walked in and he, that was the great <laughs> that's where, where it was and and so she went and checked and sure enough he was in a one grade higher and they said just keep he's the best student that we have in the, <laughs> here so let's just keep him here so that's that's a story on how he is a year younger than than uh, us. Okay. Yeah. And then he moved here. They moved here in the sixth grade, and in the seventh grade they formed this Boy Scout troop. They didn't have any before uh, okay. that. Troop twenty five, and the first day uh, they had us lined up, and it was going to be. See one, two, three, was four, it, five, six, seven. Eight. I think one? eight in a in a in a patrol. Was that one twenty five? Twenty five. Twenty five. Okay. Now I think it's one twenty five. Oh, I was I was one twenty five. That's yeah. why I asked. Yeah. Okay. It's yeah. Twenty five. Okay. Now. So that was and Neil so you just lined up and and just go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Next one, two, three, four. Your your uh, eagle patrol. Your uh, uh, Cobra Patrol, your Wolf Patrol. Yeah. Just that's how I was gonna guess Wolf. That was one yeah. of that's, and that was <laughs> that was yeah. our our patrol, and uh, you were the Wolf Patrol. Patrol. Okay. Probably and, the coolest. And uh, and then uh, Bud Blackford, his, whose dad was the superintendent of the school here. Uh huh. He they did just moved in too. He was the uh, scout leader. I was the assistant. And Neil was a scribe. And the three of us did almost all our uh, uh, scouting uh, requirements. Uh, hiking, bicycling, uh, camping, uh, cooking, uh, 
uh, all those things that that we did we did the, together and and, yeah. and we kept advancing from one uh, t t thing to another. And uh, an interesting story is that when we were and this is now we're in the ninth grade. Okay. And they're going to have a uh, uh, a science fair in Bowling Green. And they ask, you know, if anybody wants to do something. And so Bud and I decided we'd make a uh, uh, voltometer. Oh, yeah. You can measure the volts. And you have to mix these different chemicals. One chemical, and then you'd wait a couple of days, and another one, and another one, and so forth. And one day while we were mixing the chemicals, Neil came in the chemistry shop. He said, what are you guys doing, you know? And we told him... And I had some white powder I was ready, and I says, "Here, Dale, take some C12, 12, H22O11." And he took it. He said, like, "Spit it out!" I said, "Spit it out!" He said, "Which well, it's sugar?" I says, "I didn't know you knew that formula for sugar. <laughs> we didn't have it. We didn't have chemistry, you know." Yeah. And he and I, I was just shocked that he knew it because I, I had just learned that. Tongue twister, C12, H22O11, you know. <laughs> I thought I killed him, you know. <laughs> so he was, he was sharp. He was really sharp. Yeah. And he built a steam engine. Uh, that thing would go around. You had an alcohol lamp, you know. Oh, yeah, it. yeah. And so we took it up. And we were side by side. And he was running that little steam engine. Oh, anyway, <laughs> our time now was for our... Uh, uh, voltometer, it wouldn't measure a single amp. <laughs> we even bought a five, five battery flashlight and we shined it right in there. You know, it wouldn't move anything. We said, "Oh my God, what are we going to do?" He says, "This you is know, for a science fair project." We're done, you know, science fair project, and it's coming here in a couple of days. So what we did is got a pinhole camera. We got a little like a shoebox. Mm -hmm. And just stuck a pin in it, and then we started taking pictures, and then developed them, you know. And then they were blurry pictures, but you could tell, mm -hmm. you know, there were houses and stuff. And we made a pasteboard, and we just put these pictures. But well, here he had this nice little steam engine going there, and he says, "Look at that!" He says, "He says, I think maybe you." Neil was telling us, he says, "I think maybe you guys better get out of town." He says, "Because they're going to laugh you out of town." <laughs> you see this, you know. So by the time the judges came in the afternoon, his steam engine wouldn't work. <laughs> what had happened, well, he'd been running all day and, and the, and the uh, uh, steam had swallowed those uh, wood. Oh. And it, 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 it locked, locked, locked up, up in there. And, and he, no matter what he did, he couldn't turn it, you know. And they came up, and then they looked at us. We ended up getting a superior, and he just got good, you know. He was furious for years, for years. I mean, after he came back from the moon, he says, you, you couple of jokers with those dumb pictures get a superior. Still the grudge. Only, you know. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And you, you watched them take off, right? Yes, yes. He invited us. Uh, to watch him there at Cape Canada to take off and uh, even got the apartment for us. And uh, it was funny. <clears throat> we knew it was going off at 9 in the morning and we had a, a, 
flight to leave at, at uh, five that day. You know, now there's postponing all the time these things. You know? Oh, yeah. And I thought, you know, they're not going to postpone, which they didn't, you know. Yeah. Another interesting story on that, we got to Orlando first. This was about, oh, four or five days before the launch. And <clears throat> we went up, and, and Bud Blackford said, uh, I'll rent the car. I'm a Hertz uh, uh, special member that uh, guaranteed a car, you know. He says... He says, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll go ahead and order the car. Well, we went there and crowded, people oh. just crowded, you know. And it was the old Orlando. Now it's Orlando's really fixed up nice, yeah. but it was the old one. And so finally, we're in this line, and finally we got out to the girl, and we said, uh, we're with John Blackford to get his uh, car rented. And she says, well, I hope his name is on that board and not in the back. I don't know what that meant. So she looks up on the board. She said, "That's not in the board. Not not on that board." So she goes in the back, comes back with a slip. You know, she says it's in the back. And I said, "Okay." She says, "No car for you." And I said, "What do you mean?" He's a class one member. He said, "Hey, we've got." kings and princes yeah. and all that they're waiting on cars you know and he says you you're not going to get a car some guy from upper Snusky. yeah you know and <clears throat> and, uh, and i go oh jesus what the hell are we going to do about a half hour later bud come his flight comes in and i tell him the story so he says well we'll see what we can do so we get up there and just at that time they had a shift and the change of the women, it was they had another woman. And <clears throat> so we said, we're Blackberry, we got this car rented. She says, okay. So she looks up there in the board. She says, well, it's not in the board. She says, it's probably in the back. <laughs> so she goes in the back and she says, it's not back there either. And she goes, oh, here it is on the on this slip. The girl left it on there. Nice. And she said, where did this girl, uh, I said, I went, Found came it right early, over there, right, right here on this front. <laughs> right there. Nice. She pulled it right off that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it pays to pay attention to the details. <laughs> attention to detail, that's right. Oh, that's cool. And your acting experience probably helped, or stage stage. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it could have been too. Also. Yeah. yeah. So then, so you guys were down there for a while, and then watched them launch. I've seen that video. You even got that cool video when it went yeah. through the cloud. Oh, yeah, that was that was really through that cloud. That's so right. I showed that. Yeah. 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 You showed it to us at yeah. church, I think. Well, I, sh I showed. Or was it, it just in that documentary? Yeah, uh, I showed it once at the, at the uh, museum, and then and then and then at the library. Yeah, that's where I saw. I think I saw that there. Yeah, oh, yeah well, either way, I remember that video. So, yeah. so you've seen the movie The Right Stuff. Oh yeah. Was was he was was Ed Harris a pretty good representation of what Neil Armstrong was like? Well, in The Right Stuff, that was the original uh, seven. Neil isn't in that. Neil Neil is in the, the book First Man. That was Glenn. You're right. Yeah. Yep. For First Man. In, right. Sorry. In fact, yeah. Uh, the author the author came and interviewed me here, and then I took him to the library and he got some stuff from the library and stuff, and I told him the, the story. 
Armstrong was, uh, uh, what's his name? The actor, uh, Ryan, uh, Gosling. Ryan Gosling. Yeah. yeah. He met Ryan Gosling. I yeah. Think. Yeah. Was was that? A, <laughs> did he do a fair representation of him? Uh, you don't have to call him out if. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Neil was. Uh, I don't know how to how to put it. <clears throat> he 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 wasn't shy. Mm -hmm. But he was quiet. It's, 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 it's kind yeah, of a, a, not as outgoing as yeah, Ryan Gosling. Yeah, yeah. Not, not outgoing that way. Uh, Probably not as handsome either. <laughs> He's a good-looking guy, though. Yeah. For sure, yeah. And uh, so uh, I, I didn't think they left some good parts out in, in that. Mm. One of the parts that they left out is their house caught on fire. And their next door neighbor, Ed White, who burned up. This is here in Upper? Huh? This is here in Upper? No, no, no. In uh, Houston. Okay. Gotcha. In Houston. Uh, this is before they went, of course, on the moon. Yeah, and okay. Ed White jumped over the fence and helped take some of the kids out. Oh, and wow. Their, and their house burned to the ground. Yeah. Oh, in, wow. in fact, uh, it was uh, uh, wiring, yeah. bad wiring. When, when Neil and his wife came here, they stayed upstairs. We have uh, uh, what do they call it? Uh, hmm. It's not not like regular electricity. Low voltage. Yeah. Right. Okay. We have low voltage, and you can hear clicks uh, when and they heard and they they said. I think there's something wrong, you know, with your yeah. electricity because they thought about their house that yeah. turned on. We sure. said, no, that's just a little voltage clicking huh. off and on. Yeah, but that's that's where you can hear it. But they were concerned about that. So sure. you and Neil were friends, pretty much your whole lives. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He'd, he'd come here and we'd play golf uh, at Lincoln Hills. Uh, oh really? Yeah, yeah. We, we played there several times, and then we'd go down. Uh, uh, to uh, Cincinnati, and we played there. And David and Chris played with him too. Oh, cool. yeah. yeah, and the whole family stayed there at their house uh -huh. uh, the whole time. And then he had the uh, uh, surprise 80th birthday that we went there. Yeah, and they had several hundred people there. It's under a big tent, and. Uh, a uh, bunch of the astronauts, John Glenn and uh, Stafford was there, and uh, uh, Scott, um, what's his last name here? Um, but there was, there was a bunch of them there. And yeah. That was the last time that I saw him. Yeah. Was that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It does, uh, that's cool. I mean, it's really cool that you guys met yeah. in Boy Scouts and, yeah. you know, and yeah. friends your whole life, even though he. He ended up graduating from Walpole. Did he yeah. graduate from Walpole? Yeah, uh, he, uh, after his ninth grade, he moved to Walpole. Yeah. And, uh, uh, <clears throat> and that was that was at the middle school now, now right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I had, Neil told me that the reason they moved, they really liked it an upper. And they wanted to stay. But the war was on, and Neil's dad was real high on the list to be get to get uh, 
uh, drafted. Oh. And they checked at Wapak, and he was real low on that. So huh? they didn't want to get yeah. drafted, and they moved. Huh. If, if he was low, he would have stayed here, mm -hmm. and we would have... Yeah. We would have been... Uh, yeah, we're graduating. Yeah. 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 We, we I, I still claim him. I mean, I you know he. I know he sure. didn't graduate from here, but I, I have people say, "Well, I don't." He didn't really live here. I'm like, I, "Yeah, he went he to really school lived here. here. Yeah, yeah. sixth and ninth grade. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, um, and, and 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 then he would come with our uh, reunions, and his wife said, "You know, he enjoys your reunions here." And he does our graduating. Uh, yeah. Wapak, there's the, the clientele, the kids are just different. He just what, never quite you, fit. He, yeah, he didn't maybe feel like he fit in as much no, there no, as he did but here. But over yeah. here, he, when, once you meet people that you realize are going to be your lifelong friends, it's hard to it's hard to move on to other people, and and not miss or want to be with those other people. Yeah. So, yeah. so he had. He, you know, you mentioned people say he didn't live here that long, but he lived here long enough to form lifelong friendships. Yeah. right. So, yeah. in fact, uh, we're still I'm still a friend with uh, Bud Blackford. Yeah, and and he's he's now my age. You yeah. know, yeah, and we're st we still communicate uh, right back and forth, and uh, good. Uh, he he's we're still real good friends. Yeah. Uh, that way yeah I mean those, those friendships you make at that age yeah. you can really form you're you're coming into your own and that's the, the yeah. bonds you form are really strong when you meet people that aren't just your age but you actually have a bond with them that's when that's when you know you've met friends yeah <laughs> right yeah because yeah, he's a year younger younger yeah yeah, yeah. Graham's yeah. two years younger than I am and, and I actually graduated with his brother oh so. Yeah, yeah right. my kids asked me, to, we were listening, I, I made my kids listen to one of Brian and I's podcasts on a car <laughs> ride, and they said, when did you meet Brian? I said, oh, well, we knew each other in high school, but really we met when we were about, tw I was probably 21. And Brian's about 23. Yeah. They're like, oh, wow, I thought you guys knew each other since you were kids. You well, know? I, knew, I knew Nathan, you know, I met him in sixth grade. Yeah. So yeah. when everybody met at the middle school, because I went to St. Pete's and then ended up at the middle school and his brother came in from our sales and you know at, in, in middle school everybody kind of meets everyone so you kind of meet these people that are uh, yeah know, be, who become your friends yeah so and if you click you click yeah yeah you know yeah. It. Yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 very that's, cool. that's the way it was and uh it was right there at the uh at his at his birthday at his birthday party that he had after everyone left then mm -hmm. I stayed there a little bit longer and talked to him. And then he just, he hugged me. He says, you know, I love you, Coach o. And I said, I do, do, Neil. I said, we go a long way. He said, we sure do. <laughs> and that was the last words that uh, that we had uh, with him. Oh, that's beautiful. That's yeah. cool. To the moon and back, right? Huh? To the moon and back. Yeah. That's yeah. A, that is yeah. a long way. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's a... He, you know, I, and you don't have to comment on this, but I always, I got the sense from watching that documentary and from everything I've ever heard that he really, he really felt almost like he didn't deserve every, you know, the, he, the he became this icon and he understood that there were thousands of people 
you know, he just got he got to do it, but he was riding on the backs Stand, of giants, standing on the shoulders of giants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's mm. it. And he he did that right to to the very first day. Yeah. In fact, uh, we were scan when KK came scan. <clears throat> we were watching TV, uh, the Golf Channel, mm -hmm. uh, and Chris was playing in that, and Chris was. Uh, wasn't leading, but it was around third or fourth around there, you know. And they just wouldn't show him, you know. They would show somebody in the sixth Tiger Woods. Oh, you know, if Tigers or, anywhere, yeah, they'll show him, yeah. You know, and I said, I'm so fed up with this. I said, they never show Chris. He says, listen, he says, you do not appreciate your anonymity yep. until you've lost it. Sure, yep. That's yep. what he said. And yeah, here Chris gets to play without 500 people following him everywhere. <laughs> I mean, you know, Tiger could do that, but Tiger was so used to it. That most yeah. people... There are people you, that thrive under those yeah, conditions, yeah, and true. there are yeah. other people that are fine without it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. Hard, it's hard to be on the spotlight, be on point. But it was interesting, as he got older... Uh, People no longer recognized him. Oh, yeah. When we went skiing, we'd eat uh, in these tables. There'd be other people right next to him, right over, you know. And, yeah. And uh, no, nobody, nobody <laughs> recognized yep. him. And, yeah, and I almost almost felt like he, because he didn't like to do interviews. After a while there, he kind of was like, no, no, you know, he... Kind of got himself out of that because otherwise his life was going to be. Well, just... he he told me here, here's a couple of interesting things. He told me, he says he gets about every day seventy five to eighty requests to write to this kid that he got his uh, uh, eagle, eagle scout. Yeah. Every day, I said, not every, he says, every day, Coach. He says, every day, he says, he gets the, the request, and that's just for Eagle Scouts. Yeah. He, he has, a, uh, has to have a secretary that comes in with hundreds of uh, letters every day. Yep. And, and, uh, and then everybody wants his uh, signature. Oh, and this was interesting. Uh, when we were going out, Dory was a school nurse, and she, at the East School, uh, she was there, and she happened to talk to uh, one of the teachers. You know, I won't be here next couple of weeks. I'm going skiing, and Neil's going to be out there with us. And uh, one of them said, "Well, I wonder if he'd sign this one picture that we have of him." You know, she said, "Yeah." And this other nurse, uh, other school teacher said. I like a picture too, but I don't have any. So she went to the computer and got a picture and just printed it off on just plain paper, paper you know. Yeah, he'll sign it. So we, when he came out there, Dory says, this is East School uh, building where his brother and his sister went mm -hmm. uh, at school when they were here. And yeah, he signed it says, to East School something. It's still hanging up someplace if you ever want to look at it. East School? East, East School. Is it? Uh -huh. my, my daughter goes there. Yeah, we got to find that. Yeah. 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 Well, you can look. It's, uh, it's hanging up there I'll someplace. I'll look for that. And then, the, and then she said, and one of the school teachers would, would you like you to sign this one. And he looked at it and looked at it looked at it. He says, I don't think I'm going to sign this. 
<laughs> I thought, well, you know, take, you know. And he said, I'll tell you why. He says, I went to a party, and somebody that I knew at the party brought a picture of me. He said, would you sign this for their friend? Yeah. And he says, he signed it. He says, a couple of days later, there was a full-page ad for this picture up for, uh, for sale. I think it was for, for $500. Yeah. You yeah. Know? And he said he just he didn't want, want that. In fact, I had read where someone uh, uh, offered him a million dollars if he'd sign a hundred of uh, pictures, that, and he turned them down. And I asked him, I said, I saw that. I says, is that true? You turned a million dollars to sign? He says, yeah, that was several different people who have offered that. Yeah. Time. He's, I turned them all down. I probably signed naked pictures of myself for a million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He yeah. seemed like a very humble, yeah. Oh, he's yeah. a humble guy. And, yeah. yeah. And at one point, maybe one of the most famous people in the world. I mean, in 1969, 1970, you know. Certainly. Was, was he, he was an engineer, right? He was an engineer. Yeah, uh -huh. mechanical or electrical? Or? Uh, uh, aeronautical. Aeronautical. Yeah. Okay. Aeronautical engineer. Did, was he at Ohio State? No, Purdue. No, Purdue. Okay. Purdue. That's right, okay. Purdue. Yep. It's a and good then, school. Then, then was in the Navy, was a, a test pilot in the Navy. Yeah. Was how he got into flying. Well, no, he... Uh, he flew in the Korean War, yeah. and and one day, while he was strafing these bridges, mm -hmm. they had cables. Yeah, they would pull there. cables. Yeah. yeah, and then he went in a tour about three fourths of the right wing off, and <clears throat> and as long as he could keep keep the. Uh, Playing flying fast, he could stay up, but as soon as it slowed down, <laughs> yeah. it would come down, and he knew he couldn't land yeah. uh, on the aircraft carrier. So he radioed ahead, and they said, "Well, you get out, you get in the friendly territory, and then we'll have somebody waiting for you to pick you up." And so he flew there, and there was this big, huge uh, lake there, and he thought. Uh, I'll just parachute out here in this lakes because it's easier to land in water than hard ground, oh, yeah. you know. But after <laughs> he parachuted, the wind took him and he landed on this rice paddy field or something mm -hmm. like that. And and he was, there was a guy in the Jeep there waiting for him, and, uh, and he kept hearing explosions out on the lake, you know. He said, what's those explosions? He says, oh, he says, they, enemy, the kooks, uh, they mine that whole lake out there and these fishermen keep going in there, running into them and blowing themselves up. Oh, wow. <laughs> if he'd landed in there, he oh, could have yeah. landed on one of those mines. And they, uh, yeah. and, uh, and they probably wild. wouldn't have got a boat out there to get him if, if he would have landed in there. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, hey, okay. KK, it's been an hour. We're, we're in an hour and... 35 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is there, before we finish up, is there anything else that you uh, want to say? Yeah, I mean, we, we yeah, I don't have Yeah, there is one thing. Yeah, good. Yeah. Okay. In the book, First Man, uh, <clears throat> the very last two pages, you want to read those if you got the book. 
what happened, Neil and his wife, his second wife, came to Columbus and went to watch uh, Chris play in the Memorial Tournament. Then after the tournament, he comes over to Chris's house. And Emily, their, their second kid, oldest daughter, was about five years old then, maybe four, but around four or five. So she took him and she's going to show him the whole house. And she takes up every place, every room in the basement, every, took him up in the attic and, and showed him over there. So look down there and says, there's a dead bug there, but don't tell anyone. How old was she? Probably around four or five. Four or five. Okay. And then she took him to her room and she said, uh, and this is my room, this is my bed, and this is my dresser, and these are my books. And she said, I got a book on Minnie the Pooh, and I got a book on uh, Mickey M Mouse, and then, oh, and she says, I got a book on Neil Armstrong. She says, he was the first man on the moon. And then she looked at him, she says, your name is Neil Armstrong too, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> really cool. Yeah, and that's how the book ends. Oh, really? Yeah, and yeah. the author has told me, he says, he's had more comments. He said, what a great ending. Yeah. Uh, See, that's a great story. Yeah. That, that's yeah. that's what we're here for. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Oh, that is yeah. fantastic. Because yeah. stories like that would have been lost if, if somebody didn't tell them. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. It's in the book. Yeah. Okay. KK, I know of okay. a, a, a great comedian that used to play at the clubs in Miami. His name was KK Solikoff. <laughs> <laughs> your, your name's KK Solikoff. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, hey, KK, thank you for You're doing welcome. this. Yeah. Um, this is fantastic. And Brian, Brian, I can't thank you enough. You know, yeah, sitting down with us. You're most welcome. Growing up, it was, uh, you know, Graham and I, we, we, we tend to reflect a little bit when we finish up these, these podcasts. But uh, I, I know I was thinking about this, you know, what am I going to say? What am I going to say? I think the only thing I can say is that as a, as a small child, you know, just four or five, six years old, when I would go in there, Obviously, I was sick. Um, it was a, an ear infection, real bad earache, sore throat, bronchitis, whatever it was. And it was always either Dr. Brown or yourself that would come in to see me. And it was, I always felt like you guys truly cared about your patients. And it was so nice from a, from a young kid's perspective, especially when you see this larger than life man come walking into the office who is almost as tall as the door jam. Oh, yeah. And uh, just a, just the same smile you have right now, beaming oh. ear to ear. Uh, it, it was it was nice. So oh, thank wow. you for always keeping us safe and uh, just taking care of the town while you know, while you were on watch. It was fun for me though. Good? It was fun for me. Yeah. yeah. Nice. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, okay. Okay. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Okay. So there it is, guys. That is our interview with KK Solikoff. Uh, you know, we broke it up into some segments for you, but it's going to be close to an hour and 50 minutes and I'm yeah. just going to publish it all because, you know, I, I, again, I know we had sound issues, but it, it is what it is. It's a story. It, it, was, man. it was a great story. Ah. So, so one thing, Graham, I, I wanted to talk about, and you know, we talked about this at the last break. You and I did a little bit. Um, you know, the, the doctor problems, and I use problems in air quotes, <laughs> yeah. right? And for those you can't see, the, the one thing I wanted to say is that 
these aren't doctor problems to guys like Dr. Brown and Dr. Solikoff and Dr. Rhodes because, and, and Dr. Park, you know, any, any doctor, because they're doing something, these guys are were doing something that became the fabric of the community, oh. you know, of the, the amount of yeah. lives that they touched, literally. Yeah, you touched. weren't you weren't getting life flighted to Grant Hospital uh, immediately upon checking no. into the emergency room. Not nineteen fifty five, sixties or seventies yeah. or eighties. Yeah, yeah. So, so the the fact is, they made themselves present for anything that came up totally. because because that's the lifestyle that they wanted. That that's the you know they they fed off that. They they became part of the community. They helped people in the community. And they made the community a good place to be because yeah. there was competent people at the helm. Yeah, we had doctors, man. We had doctors. We, you know, they yeah. were delivering babies and, yep. you know, giving us anesthesia. anesthesia. Yeah, he was an anesthesiologist. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah, just crazy. Yeah, it's cool. Um, and then, you know, Neil Armstrong, like, he, he was a like a real friend of Neil Armstrong. It's not like yeah. he knew him. No, no, like, he not, was not just a casual buddies. acquaintance. Yeah. Yeah pretty cool this is like me and you hanging out like we we know each other i liked when we asked him how like ryan gosling did and he 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 didn't want to say anything he didn't want to be like that he wasn't anything like him but uh you know he just like yeah i liked how he said it you know neil wasn't shy but he was quiet he was quiet yeah because he was smart he was smart listen (laughs) he listened to what people had to say Yes. Yeah. yeah. Neil Armstrong's uh it's a cool story. So uh so I hope everybody enjoyed this episode uh with KK. We, Brian and I enjoyed doing it. We left there that day and Brian was like, This is how we should always do it. <laughs> we need to do this more often. Yeah, it was yeah. cool because he was very comfortable and on, on the back end I'll admit the sound isn't quite as good as we'd want it to be, but it's it's a great story. Yeah, yeah. We yeah, you know, if if you're judging our, our podcast uh sound on this one. You're not listening to it for what we're doing it for. Yeah. Yeah. We really enjoyed it. So anyway, uh, hey, listen, follow us on uh, Facebook or do can you follow it? Yeah. Follow us on Facebook or go to our website uh, and tell your friends. Uh, we hope that you guys enjoyed this. We'll have another one out in July and then Brian and I are going to vacation Yeah, uh, from the podcast and, and just think of some stuff and we have some ideas. We still are working on Swank House. We're still working on... Uh, some other stuff. I, I guess I've, I've been trying to keep them secret until I release them, but we'll, we've got good stuff coming. We have tons of great ideas. The, the biggest problem for us is is trying to fill up, uh, you know, fifty to seventy five minutes of material. So yeah, and sometimes it's harder to cut it to fifty or seventy five minutes. So, and sometimes, sometimes it is it's hard right. to get there. So, yeah. but uh, yeah, hope you guys keep listening. We super appreciate the opportunity to to ride shotgun with you guys. Yeah, it's been real. Been real. Hey, everyone out there. Thanks for listening. Uh, again, apologize to the Solikoff family for the, the poor sound quality that we had on this, but it was the best we had, and we didn't catch all the background noise until we got home that day and uh, all of a sudden realized we had some background noise. But uh, Brian and I hope everyone enjoyed, and we'll see you guys soon.